What's up, you guys? Welcome to the very first Get a Life podcast review roundup. This is Jake, aka your favorite host. No one said it, but I will just decide it for you now. Bish gave me the authority to start this new kind of episode, so I will. <laughs> so, what is a review roundup? A review roundup is an episode that we're gonna do and dedicate on games that we have been able to review, try out by whoever was so patient and great to us because honestly, work. <laughs> Depending on which games we've played and how many of us have played each game, it can be possible to have one person hosting per segment or multiple people, but for now we're doing one for each segment. So at the moment you're listening to my gay ass talking about games. So I hope you're ready for this. Anyways, let's get into this, shall we? Alright, number one is Yakuza Like a Dragon. A lot of you might have played the game or any Yakuza game in the past and you probably remember when you first played it and randomly uh, Kiryu would just pick up some random object on the street like a trash can or a bicycle and throw it right at the enemy, right? That's the kind of game Yakuza is and it still is for Like a Dragon, however... The difference for Like a Dragon is that now you have an RPG battle system, like a turn-based RPG battle system that, that you might have gotten used to in games like Final Fantasy or Persona. So this is also why we got many different party members, we got elemental attacks, like we got, I'm gonna spoil anything, but we got a homeless man casting fire with his bad breath. <laughs> And we got jobs that you can equip. Depending on which job you have, you can equip multiple weapons. Like you can equip a bat, you can equip like a, I think a sledgehammer, anything you can think of really. Like it ranges from the most ordinary jobs to real whack jobs. That was not intentional, but it's a great pun, so I'll keep it. Anyways, what's the big difference between Yakuza and Yakuza Like a Dragon other than that RPG battle system? Well, Like a Dragon no longer has you playing Kiryu Kazuma, because Like a Dragon is actually a sequel to the Kiryu Kazuma series, and now you're in control of Ichiban Kasuka, who's like a junior Yakuza in the Arakawa family of the Tojo clan. Um, because he's such a, I'll just say, worshipper of the man who leads the Arakawa family, he ends up taking a bullet for him, not literally, thank god, and goes to prison for 18 whole years. There he keeps staying faithful to the idea of coming back uh, and just having this huge family giving a warm welcome back. But when he gets out of prison, he realizes that that was just an illusion that he created in his head. Because when he gets back to Kamuro Cho, which is a place that I think all of the Yakuza players have gotten accustomed to by now, he realizes that not only is the, is the Arakawa family part of a different clan now, but the person he was looking up to this, this much basically doesn't even acknowledge his existence anymore. And in one way or another, he ends up in Yokohama instead of Kamurojo. You will be spending most of your time in Yokohama most likely after that, but it has a lot of possibilities, I guess to put it politely. <laughs> 
as you will run around through the different alleys and streets of Yokohama, you will experience a lot of unique, well, occasions, and you will meet a lot of different people. You know that in classic Yakuza manner, there are many sub-stories or side activities that just make you really go... I don't know if this is allowed, but what the fuck? Like, you will very often just think to yourself, what the, what the hell is this game? But honestly, if you're like me and you've played Yakuza before, don't worry. It probably, like for future games, it can probably get even stranger. But something that astounded me in Yakuza Like a Dragon is the many different references to other games, such as one of the side activities is trying to complete this Suji text, which is part of the Sujimon, I guess, substory or like the side activity, and it collects the data of all the all the enemies that you fight as you're playing the game and it will write down like their weaknesses and like it will put down any detailed information on the specimen so to say <laughs> that you face i thought that was a great idea because you can see that i think when they first revealed yakuza like a dragon it did seem like a lot of people are on the edge about the RPG battle system as the brawling is like a charm point or charming point of the Yakuza games. So I figured they probably introduced that for Like a Dragon to give us more of a fun way to experience the game. But it's also like it's it, it, it makes for a great system because if you have a battle system, you would want to know what the enemy's weaknesses are if there's stuff like elemental attacks and all that. And honestly, at this point, I think we've all gotten used to um, one thing pointing to the other. And yeah. Besides that, though, there's also the new cinema minigame or the collecting cans for money uh, minigame. I will not be going into those for too much because it's like, I don't want to spoil the fun for you guys. Honestly, most of the games are just so weird. Like, my, my dumb words cannot... <laughs> explain anything. You have to experience all of that for yourself, trust me. Now for, you know, the graphics. I, honestly, I think the graphics for for the Yakuza games in the past have always been really good. The the frame rate has no has like no issues for me. There have been there haven't been any drops or anything. Or besides that, though, I also have to say that the game has the dual audio, so it has an English dub as well, which honestly is really good. I know a lot of people love to have, I guess, the option of switching between Japanese and English voice acting, and I have to say that they gave both parties a really great cast. I myself only really use the Japanese dub because that's what I've been doing from the very first time I've played Yakuza, but I can still recommend to you that you try out the different dubs because honestly, you should. Like, it, they're really good. I That's all I can say, really. The translation doesn't have that many issues as either. All in all, I think that if you play this game for the very first time, you will see that they did not slap the RPG battle system on this game and just we're done with this. They really put so much thought into this game. They put so much thought into the system. They really were like, okay, how can we change up the brawling system and turn it into like the turn-based RPG thing, you know? 
like you can see that they came up with so many different ways of making them fun especially because you also have summons if i talk about summons like the first thing that pops up into my head is like in final fantasy when for instance in final fantasy 10 when yuna when she summons shiva or valifor you got this huge supernatural being and <laughs> In Yakuza, you can do the same, however, the thing is, you, d you do not have a supernatural being, instead you call somebody on your phone. I do have to say that you will have to pay those people to summon them. First time, it, first time it's actually free, but after that you have to pay, not real money of course, it's in-game money, to summon those characters and they will whoop the enemy's ass. The funniest way you can imagine, really. Like, I was so surprised, and especially also like the characters themselves that you can summon. It's at least me speechless how ridiculous, but at the same time hilarious the characters are and their depictions, and it's honestly fascinating to me. <laughs> But yeah, honestly, to sum this up, I feel like with Yakuza Like a Dragon, rightfully, I think, on on one hand, people were skeptical because it's something like the turn-based thing. It, it was just something that we hadn't probably thought of when we first heard of the game until they showed it in the trailer, of course. But what we also probably didn't expect was that it worked. It, like, it works so well. It really works a lot. And the thing is, like, with the brawling thing, you will not pick up things yourself if your character is next, like right next to an object on the streets. Your character will automatically pick it up and just throw it at the enemy and then additionally deal on another attack to them. So the brawler the brawler um, system is kind of gone, but the, the craziness, the craziness of the Yakuza series is not gone. And that's what I think is so beautiful and um, just really well thought out. You can, you can tell how much work they put into Like a Dragon. And honestly, I also think that um, if there was one character that they could have um, created as a new protagonist, I don't think they could have gone with a better character than Ichiban because he is so good. He's like the exact opposite of Kazuma. He's super emotional. Right off the bat you can tell that he wants to be a good guy. He will not hesitate to let anybody he ever meets know that he fucking loves Dragon Quest. And by that I mean he loves Dragon Quest. Like he would love to be a Dragon Quest hero himself. This is also why you have hero mode in Yakuza Like a Dragon, where you rescue people and help them in their needs, anything really. And of course you get money and um, also other rewards for it. But I think that instead of elaborating on that, you should probably play the game yourself because quite honestly, no matter how skeptical or how disappointed you were with a new battle system, you need to try this game out. Like, even if the brawler mechanics aren't really there anymore, I really cannot say anything bad about this game. I really cannot. It's I can only highly recommend you play this game. And it recently got a PS5 upgrade, so if you were one of those lucky people to have managed to grab a PS5, number one, how dare you buy this away from me, and number two, please get Yakuza Like a Dragon because it's really good. And if you do not have a P PS5, number one, you're with me, you're probably suffering that you didn't get one, and number two, you're lucky <laughs> because you can still play Yakuza Like a Dragon. <laughs> 
Of course, you can also get it on Steam, and I think it's on Xbox One as well. And this review actually covers the Steam version, and I'm super grateful for this review code. I cannot voice how happy I am with this game because it's it genuinely um, exceeded my expectations. I really, I was honestly one of the people who thought how much I will enjoy this game, and yet I really did. Like, I, I love it so much. Please play it. And now it's time for an ad break, and after that, Bish is waiting for you with a review on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Crunchyroll. Go and check them out at getlifepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll for a 14-day free trial of Crunchyroll premium service. That means anime without ads, 1080p HD. You can watch it on all your favorite devices, your TVs, your phones, whatever. Even if you want to watch it on your Chromecast, you can as well. That's amazing. Go and check them out. 14-day free trial. You've got the most diverse collection of anime and manga on the internet. So go and check them out. It's a no-brainer, lads. Getlifepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll. Thank you, Crunchyroll, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the lovely people at Japan Crate. Japan Crate offers a unique experience of Japan through monthly crates filled with candy. And who doesn't love candy, right? Japan Crate brings you a delicious selection of snacks every month. You can check it out on our YouTube channel for $35 a month. And you can cancel anytime, but I don't know why you would want to. Learn more at getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Remember, use the code GALP for $3 off on new subscriptions. So, getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Use the code GALP for $3 off. And if you want to check out what snacks that you get in the crates, go and check out our YouTube channels. Links will be in the description. So go and check them out. Thank you, Japan Crate, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Thanks, Jacob. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that ad for whatever it was. Unless you're listening on Apple Podcast subscriptions, then you know what? You don't have ads, and thank you for subscribing. I want to talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I want to thank Ubisoft for providing a PS5 code for this game. In addition to that, they also gave me a code to Watch Dogs Legion. And they gave me the season pass for this game. I am not going to talk about the season pass, maybe briefly, but I'm just going to talk about why I love and sort of hate this game at the same time. I love Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It was a sort of new experience for me. I haven't spent a lot of time on an Assassin's Creed game since Assassin's Creed 3. So I've completed Assassin's Creed 3. I sort of dropped out Assassin's Creed after Black Flag. I really want to do a full podcast episode with Jacob discussing Assassin's Creed and and why I sort of fell out of love with it. I didn't like Black Flag because of the boat mechanics. And that was something I didn't like in Assassin's Creed 3. I hated it. I genuinely hated it. Which is weird because a lot of people loved it and they kind of continued it forward. I didn't really enjoy that that much. And then I decided, you know what, I'm going to get Origins because Origins is set in Egypt and I really wanted to see the origins of the Assassins. I stopped playing that game because of the battle mechanics and I wasn't used to it, especially on the PlayStation 3. However, I was playing this game on PS5. I was playing it pre-launch. And I will say this, the battle mechanics really works in this game. Why do I say that? Because in Origins, right? You had this whole battle mechanics where it was kind of like For Honor. It was kind of like you're playing an action RPG, like a hack and slash game, which I thoroughly enjoy. But I don't play Assassin's Creed as a Musou game. I don't play Assassin's Creed as an action RPG. I play Assassin's Creed to assassinate enemies, right? I play Assassin's Creed so that I feel that I'm going around stealthily and just assassinating the shit out of people. 
That's the reason I play Assassin's Creed. I don't go all guns blazing. I don't go out of stealth and just attacking people like a Viking, but I thoroughly enjoyed it at the same time. One thing that I didn't necessarily enjoy about the game was the fact that you don't play as an assassin. Eivor, the main character of this game, never joins the Assassin's Guild, which is weird. It's an Assassin's Creed game. There is a storyline behind the Assassin, and Eivor has a hidden blade, but yet Eivor isn't an assassin. In fact, Eivor is just a Viking, right? Is Yeah, I think for me, I really enjoyed Eivor's character because because she was just badass. Eivor, yeah, Eivor was such a badass character. I really enjoyed playing as Eivor. I really enjoyed customizing Eivor, using the blacksmith, all of these things that just made me want to play more. And just because Eivor is such a badass and at times, you know, you can choose Eivor's responses, which for me was my first experience with that in an Assassin's Creed game. It made it feel like more like an RPG in which your choices actually matter. And they do because there are certain story elements that if you decide not to kill someone or if you decide not to send someone to Valhalla by giving them their axe upon their death, it affect the story of the game. I got the true ending for the game or the good ending or whatever you want to call it. And I enjoyed that ending. It was, it was really good. But there's also other endings. There are endings in which you don't get what you want. I was lucky I got what I want. I didn't really mess around with the endings. Mind you, I did look at a lot of guides and you're like, oh no, bitch, you're just ruining it for yourself. I looked at a lot of guides because of the fact that I don't want to go back into saves because there is no feature in this game that allows you to go back and resynchronize. In previous Assassin's Creed games, it would allow you to go back into a particular point within the timeline. And I'm speaking about Assassin's Creed 2 and just replay a mission. You can't do that in this game. So if you make a mistake in something, you've made that mistake and you've got to deal with it. I didn't want to do that. So I looked at a guide. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't shame me for looking at a guide. All right. The game already took ages without that guide. I spent like 50 hours playing this game and most of the time it was just me traveling because I can't really fast travel unless I synchronize and to get to the synchronization points it's always the same bullshit like I have to use my horse to get to a particular point then I have to jump and do the synchronization and there's nothing of interest at that synchronization point when you're playing Assassin's Creed 2 you wanted to go on those landmarks in Venice even in Revelations or in Turkey that was so fun just to see all these different landmarks going on the bazaar going to the soup going to uh, you know the different cathedrals and chapels and stuff like that it was great but in this game there is no real need to synchronize other than just unlocking the map for fast travel i have synchronized certain places and i felt that they look exactly the same and they might not be but i think england in itself is just such a boring place to have an assassin's creed game unless it was something like assassin's creed syndicate which is set in london there are landmarks in london there are bustling villages in london there isn't that in this game and because of that there are has less opportunities to be stealth. Why do I say that? Because in previous Assassin's Creed games, whether we're talking about Assassin's Creed 2, where we're talking about Revelations or any game like that, you had the courtesans, right? That would, you know, help you blend in a little bit more. Or you would have the bards and, and stuff like that. Or you'd have like the warriors that would help fight for you. You do have your Vikings, but you can only call your Vikings upon a raid. You can't just go all out and just start attacking people in, in cities, especially guards. Your Vikings won't help you unless you're near 
a port or unless you're doing a raid on a monastery. And that's another thing. Even the blending in opportunities isn't that great. The distraction opportunities isn't that great. And it feels as though the game doesn't necessarily reward you for being stealthy. It doesn't. There is no need. There is no need to be stealthy in this game. Like there are times where you find a drunkard and you'd lure him, but you could easily just attack that guard instead of luring the guard away with the drunkard. You could just easily attack him, kill the guard, kill the rest of them. It's very easy to do that. Or just climb the building and assassinate the guard from afar or using a bow and arrow. There isn't many opportunities to be stealthy in this game. Unless you're doing like those underground missions where you're, you know, in the sewers or whatever. Just because the, the towns are kind of empty and they're pretty much the same thing. There's always a pub, there's a store and that's it. Not all towns have a blacksmith. Only certain towns have blacksmiths and things like that. And even if you go to a certain store, all the stores have the same items. What is that about? Unless you go to Vinland, which is supposed to be the new world. And that does have a link to Assassin's Creed 3, which I did like. And that also addresses some of the points. It's not to say that this game doesn't have the scenery, like I said before, because Vinland looks incredibly beautiful, right? You're traveling to the Americas and it's amazing. It looks great. You know, when you're traveling to Norway for that like first half an hour to one hour of the game, Norway looks incredibly beautiful and you get to see the Northern Lights and you get to see the ray tracing in this game if you are playing on ps5 or on the pc or on the xbox series x especially when you're playing in certain areas the ray tracing effects and the lighting effects in the game is just fantastic especially the northern lights and i like that and you got to see that in asgard you got to see that in jotunheim you just didn't see that that much in england you even get to see it in ireland if you play the dlc you get to see that but in england there isn't that much for some reason unless you're in epping forest or eppinger forest as they call it in this game or on the cliffs of dover there isn't many variance between like like I said when I'm going to synchronize points it's always on top of the same looking church or on top of the same looking lighthouse that has a little bit of ruins on it and it's just like what the hell is this it's not that fun to go and explore in this game just because it's so open um and there isn't many cities to explore I mean there are villages and things like that but they tend to be pretty similar speaking of similar the game makes you pledge to different alliances and basically the whole point is that Eivor goes out uh, on behalf of his Jarl Sigurd who's actually his adopted brother and you basically make alliances and that's it that's pretty much the game like the alliances bit is fun because you get to explore a little bit more you get to, to meet the characters there's a lot of character development there and in fact there's a lot of character development for Eivor you see how Eivor deals with all of this attention that she gets and I think that's pretty cool and obviously you can make your choices there in which you know you could take all the attention for yourself or you can be humble and that affects the story a little bit i will say this though there are certain things within that that is pretty similar like a lot of the time it takes like half an hour to get to where you want to be uh, if you're assuming you're not using longboat but if you're using something like a horse it will take you a while to get where you need to go and then when you do that it will take you ages because it will it will split all the different missions across like across the village so you'll do one and then it's like as soon as you finish that the next mission is all the way across that's like i don't want to go through this village i don't want to go through my horse i want to just do the mission get on with my life go back and that doesn't that doesn't feel right you know what i mean that does not feel right there is no real achievement behind it like i don't feel like i've achieved anything although for some reason i the gameplay loop is very addictive i'm just getting used to oh i need to do this first 
basic mission which is usually like a treasure hunt mission find this or find that or do an errand for someone and then it always ends in like a boss battle which you know is interesting it tends to be the same especially within this gameplay mechanics the gameplay the, the battle mechanics is pretty simple in the sense that it, it's pretty much like for honor or like a yeah, hack and slash game in the sense that you have your two weapon slots so you can dual wield weapons in this case axes there are no one-handed swords in this game you can only use two-handed swords which i didn't like i was a big fan of one-handed swords and the fact that they have animations for those and the fact that enemies use them and your allies use one-handed swords why can't i do that why do i have to use axes yes i am a viking axes make sense but i didn't like that the animations are great though obviously you can turn off gore in this game like you you can decapitate characters um, enemies and whatnot and if you're into that you're gonna love it if you really like that sort of hyper realism you're gonna love it there are some intensely grotesque finishing moves with spears and you know heavy shields and things like that and if you're into that that's great I kept them on but you can turn them off another thing that you can turn off as well is assassination damage so you can turn it off to make it similar to older Assassin's Creed games where when you did an assassination it was instant I turned that on so I wanted instant assassinations but then it breaks the skill tree and you're like what how does that break the skill tree basically there is a lot of skills within the skill tree that relies on assassination damage or gives you multipliers for assassination damage the only reason i turned it off was because i didn't like the idea of going in and assassinating someone and then taking out half their life bar and you're like what the hell like it made the hidden blade so useless so i was just like you know what i'm not even gonna bother assassinating people and it gives people more of a reason to not even play the game in a stealth way so that's why I turned it on because I wanted to bring back that Assassin's Creed excitement from the previous games I wanted to feel like an assassin again I wanted to be OP but it does break the skill tree speaking of the skill tree it's so huge why do I need this huge skill tree and it really doesn't matter like there are some really cool things like dual wielding heavy weapons and using different bows and things like that but there's just so much faff in this game like I don't need it I don't need different armor types you know way of the war way of the raven if you use armor Armor that is part of the same class you get multipliers on them but I really didn't see the need to do that yes it does help you in battles but I didn't really see the need and to the point where I only upgraded my armor for aesthetic reasons and I kept the same armor that you get at the beginning of the game and the same axes I use the same weapons I I have all of these other weapons I just don't use them I have tried them don't get me wrong they are quite fun but I just find the best thing for me to do is using the dual axes or axe and shield. There are skills as well, which is pretty cool. Like you can set your axes on fire. You can set your shield on fire to deal fire damage. You can uh, deal poison damage. I find that your abilities for the bows are far better. Like there's one where you throw axes. There's one where you can have explosive arrows, things like that. I think that they're far better than the ones that you get for hand-to-hand -hand combat. Another thing that I really did enjoy about the game was the bits in Jotunheim and Asgard because obviously you're playing through the story of Odin you are playing as Odin although your character model is Eivor it was incredibly cool it is a side story for the game and I think the game really encourages you to to delve into Odin's story at the same time as Eivor's because you do see a parallel between the characters and it makes sense but at the same time for me it kind of spoiled the ending of the game or it gave a hint to the ending of the game because of those parallels because 
because you realize who betrays you if you look at odin's story and then you look at eivor's story you see the betrayals you see the friendships you see all of that and it's a parallel to each other so what i would recommend is probably play the first mission because the game forces you to play the first asgard mission but then leave all the asgard stuff to the end of the game but then if you do that it means you need to grind more the game really relies on you grinding a lot whether that is going out and doing assassinations or going out and raiding especially if you want to build your camp that's another thing building your camp is pretty cool if you want your camp to look aesthetic if you want ravensthorpe to look aesthetic and pleasing but there is no real reason to do it yes you will unlock stuff like the roman museum or you'll unlock stuff like you know the hunter's lodge stuff like that you'll unlock stuff like that which really gives you more missions to do if you like for example if you unlock the hunter's lodge i find it it's really good for like post game content or post story content where you fight these mythical beasts or mythical creatures and you you hand them in you hand their pelts and their skins in for rewards and stuff like that it is pretty cool but one thing that i didn't realize is that there is so much more that they could have done with the camp like Eivor does have a house she lives in the longhouse but i would have liked Eivor to have her own hut where you know you can put your weapons on the wall similar to something like breath of the wild you have link's house where he puts all of his weapons on the wall and things like that i think that would have been great it would have been something to really customize for yourself or something similar to like the assassin's guild like yes Eivor doesn't join the assassins eivor isn't an assassin but i would have wanted to see the assassins guild more meaningful right i remember back in the day when you complete all of this stuff you get special armor special weapons stuff that you can unlock that isn't done through you play and i was thinking what happened to all of that what happened to all of the unlockable like i find if i'm finding codex pages cool that's awesome. I don't really unlock anything special from the Codex. I don't get anything from the Ymir's, Ymir's tiers other than skill points. It's the same with assassinations. The game is similar to Origins in the sense that you have this assassination chart for the Order of the Ancients, which is basically the Templars. I think there's like maybe five assassinations that you have to do officially or maybe, okay, let's not say five. Let's say eight assassinations that you have to do officially to actually complete the game and you don't actually get the main person. So there is more content in that sense but at the same time once you've already been leveled up and you go out and you assassinate those people that come up on your mini map it's pretty much the same thing you have the same sort of fight they have the same sort of movesets most of the time it's a spear if not it's a uh, sword and shield and it's just not fun genuinely it's the same sort of battle again and again another thing that i don't like is the clues like it's all the same shit okay there are times in which i will need to you know upgrade my my charm or upgrade my fleeting skills and stuff like that it's making me do stuff that i don't want to do i don't want to go out and fleet i don't want to play that weird odin's gambling game i don't want to do that but the game forces you to do that if you want to complete the assassination chart but there is no real reason to do it because eivor is not an assassin i don't think you really gain much from doing it although i don't know because i haven't done it because i don't want to do it because there is no real incentive for me at least eivor never does feel like an assassin and that's that's the unfortunate thing although eivor does have a hood and eivor does have the hidden blade eh, it's seems a bit shit let's be real i'll be real with you i really did enjoy this game as much as there's as much of there's there's a lot of things that i didn't like about valhalla but at the same time i spent a good 60 hours on this game and i'm going back to complete the dlc and i'm gonna go back to do all the assassinations i'm gonna go back and do everything i want to upgrade abel's armor i want to do this i want to do that there is so much i haven't even finished the asgard sections there is so much that i want to do but i hate how much i like this game i genuinely 
hate how much I like this. Game. Should you buy this game? That is a good question. Should you buy this? I really want to end it on this. Like, should you buy Assassin's Creed Valhalla? It depends. It genuinely depends. If you're a fan of Assassin's Creed, sure, why not? If you liked Origins, if you liked Odyssey, sure, why not? The game is pretty cheap now. You can pretty much get it in a bundle for like 30 pounds or something. I know, well, the game is pretty cheap now. You can find the game pretty cheap, especially on the, on the current gen consoles, which is PS5 and Xbox Series X. It is a game that I would say that you need to experience if you are a fan of Assassin's Creed. If you haven't played Assassin's Creed for a while, maybe try this game, you might enjoy it. But if you're someone like me, who is a big fan of the older generation of Assassin's Creed games, I mean, the games that were on the 360, and the PlayStation 3, games like Assassin's Creed 3 or, you know, the Ezio games, then I would just recommend that you play the Ezio collection on the PS4 because that's what I've been doing. This game made me want to go and buy the Ezio collection because it's just that style of Assassin's Creed game. It's not for everyone. OG Assassin's Creed players may not like it unless you've been playing every Assassin's Creed game since. If you've sort of fallen out of love with Assassin's Creed, maybe Valhalla isn't for you. But I would say it's a good place to start back up. <laughs> that's another. It's just very hard. It's it's like Marmite. That's, that's where I'm going to end it. This game is like Marmite. You either love it or you hate it. And I don't know where I stand because sometimes I'm really into it and I spend a good eight hours playing the game. And then there's other times where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. This game is too grindy. Oh. That's how I feel about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. But that being said, we're going to go off to a little ad break. I know my segment was a little bit longer, but you know what? We're going to go on an ad break and then Jacob is going to tell us all about Watch Dogs Legion. Before we get onto that as well, like I just want to say one thing about Watch Dogs Legion. I was a bit upset that I wasn't able to go and visit my town. My area in London was not there. That was the only reason I wanted to play this game, but that's not the point. So yeah, enjoy the ad. Or if you are on Apple Podcasts and you are subscribed, you won't get an ad and you hear this straight away. So see you on the other side. Gonna pass it on to Jacob. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the wonderful people at JList. JList brings you the latest anime and otaku goods from Japan directly, whether that's anime, manga, cosplay, import game, visual novels. JList has got you covered. Learn more at getlifepodcast.com forward slash JList. And remember to use our link and the code GALP for 5% off on all purchases on JList that's including pre-orders. Remember, getlifepodcast.com forward slash JList. Thank you very much, JList for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Hello, this is just a reminder for you guys to check out our Discord page. If you go to getlifepodcast.com forward slash Discord, join our Discord page, join in on all the discussions that we're going to be having, whether it's in our gaming channel, our anime channel, go check us out there. Hopefully in the future, we'll be doing our giveaways. All podcast giveaways will be done via Discord as well. So make sure you join in on the fun. In addition to that, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Get Life Podcast. If you like what you see here, follow us on Twitter. We'll be posting new episodes, videos, announcements, things things like that on Twitter as well. So be sure to check out our Twitter page if you want to be notified of all those kind of stuff. Anyway, back onto the episode. And we're back with Watch Dogs Legion. Now, honey, don't lie to me. You've heard a lot of opinions on this game. If you have not, then props to you. But if you have, let me tell you, that's irrelevant because you're listening to me now. These are my opinions, and this is what you tuned in for, honey. Except for when you're listening to this for the last Bish segment, which, in this case, yay. Love you, Bish. Anyways, as we love to say on the podcast, 
Now, if you have not played Watch Dogs in the past, let me give you a quick rundown on what the game is about in general. Watch Dogs is a third-person open-world game, um, which kind of can, like, gameplay-wise can be compared to Grand Theft Auto. However, it's not the same, like, at all. Instead of, like, heavy shooting and, like, satire kind of, um, you got hacking as the main gameplay mechanic. And by hacking, I mean you can hack people, you can hack cars, you can hack traffic itself, you can hack computers, you can hack pretty much, in Zombra voice, hack the planet. Of course, there's still also, like, elements like stealth in the game, of course shooting, um, like, shooting is a thing at this part, at this point, it's just a fixed mechanic in most third-person games. Anyways, Watch Dogs 1 and 2 were set in the US and you always had a fixed protagonist. In Watch Dogs Legion, however, you got the entire city of London at your disposal. That's also one of the big changes. You are now playing in London in the UK, which is pretty neat. They managed to recreate it accurately, I would say. I've been to the I've been to London in the past. I would it's not of course it's not 100% the same because you know, Watch Dogs is a bit more futuristic, but that's also not the point of discussion right now. Bish would kill me for this because he says that he cannot go to his own house in a game which upset him and valid but also too bad <laughs> just kidding <laughs> just kidding bitch you know me you know me i'm stupid but this is why you love me regardless though now the main plot or the main setting of Watch Dogs Legion is that once again we are playing as members of DeadSec and we have this organization called Zero Day, and we find out that they want to blow up the House of Parliament and frame Detsec for it. Like dressing the people who commence the blowing up <laughs> as members of Detsec or something like that. You start out with the mission of trying to stop that assault, that terrorist act. Whatever. Don't put the whatever into the episode, please. Put it into the bloopers if you want. <laughs> Now, why are the opinions on Watch Dogs Legion so divided by critics? Well, I can tell you why. When it first came out, it had a lot of issues. A lot of issues. A lot of issues. Bish got a review code, and he got to play it and try it out, and he also gave his opinion, of course, and... In that case, it was like, bear in mind, I got the ultimate edition. So I got the game plus season pass and like, well, not the mask edition with the, with the crown mask, whatever. When I first got it, I was like, I cannot believe I paid so much for this game um, because as I mentioned before, the game had a lot of issues at release. There were so many graphics issues uh, were, I guess, present, but they were not that terrible. It was more like echoing, like audio, just like sound effects and voices echoing and just re-sounding again and again and again, or just being completely muted. Then we got like main gameplay issues, where, which were like um, NPCs just randomly teleporting from one place to another. Like you could see them like go like at the speed of light from one position to another, or just like really 
I'm, I'm gonna say like that stupid shit, which made you think this game does not really come off that as that refined. Like Watch Dogs 1 and 2, especially I know Watch Dogs 1 also had mixed reviews. However, in my opinion, the game on a performance base was not that bad. Like I don't I don't remember having like any real hard um, issues with it. Like graphics were fine, music was fine, audio in general was fine. Everything was balanced and it worked. Same for Watch Dogs 2. I didn't really encounter anything that was like, oh my god, this is like so terrible. But in Watch Dogs Legion, there were so many unpolished aspects and so many issues at first. Now, bear in mind, I'm recording this on the 12th of May. So it's been a bit more than I think like half a year since the game came out. And I can tell you that they have worked out so many errors and issues the game had. Of course, there's still some which you like, which make you think like, why is this still a thing? But like, it's not really terrible anymore. Um, of course, some people will or listen to this and be like, hey, Jacob, you're full of shit. Number one, I know. And number two, this is my personal opinion. You're listening to my opinion. No, well, I'm like, you know, I'm not telling you to get the game or not get the game. I'm just saying. Apart from that, the, the thing is like in Watch Dogs 1 and 2, you had all of those skills, all of those weapons, everything for this one character that you controlled. And in Watch Dogs Legion, uh, you now have to recruit characters that have different abilities, different skills, different traits to them, like um, weapons. Oh, one thing that I need to mention is that in Watch Dogs Legion, DeadSec puts heavy emphasis on the fact that they do not act on a lethal basis with their attacks, so they use like weapons that are like more electrical but they don't use like real bullets just more like something that knocks out the enemy that's also what you use um like in terms of melee or like stealth attacks because most of the stealth attacks are not based on like breaking the enemy's necks or something it's just like throwing them to the ground and knocking them out because essentially that's how they want to um assure to the players that you can recruit every kind of character in this game you, you can recruit normal civilians you, re you can recruit cops, you can recruit Clan Kelly and um, what's it called? Albion. By the way, those two are the main antagonist parties of Legion. Clan Kelly's like a gangster um, kind of party, while Albion is more like a security police kind of party. And you can recruit pretty much anyone in this game. And that's why I'm saying, I, I think it's great that they were like, DeadSec does not focus on using le um, lethal attacks or lethal weapons. Of course you can still use them, but it's like, for the sake of giving you the possibility to recruit all those characters. You do not have to resort to lethal violence in the game. And I think that's really great because I'm like, um, why give us the opportunity to recruit every single character in the game, even if not even at once, like all at once, but like just in general, if you're gonna just give us weapons that get, get him killed, 
I know that's like the main point of shooter games, but I think it, it makes sense in a way. So that's honestly something that I really think they really thought through. And I think that did great with that. But yeah, you can have like, just to give you a bit of an overview, I guess, you can recruit, as I mentioned, cops, you can recruit people who work at construction sites, you can recruit like so many different people. Later, you can also recruit like DJs and um, street artists, and they all have like, they all have their own kinds of weapons. They all have their own kinds of like stamina traits, strength traits, like taking less or more damage, being more frail. Um, also like randomly dying, <laughs> which is kind of weird to me, like random permadeath, like one time they just, I guess they die. Also like something that was really useful in my opinion is like when you have those Clan Kelly or policemen or construction workers, um, they can get uniform access to um, certain areas that you usually would not be able to really set foot on without getting detected by the enemy. This is just an example, like you can walk into an Albion station or headquarters and if you use your Albion character, they have uniform access and as long as you do not like step too close to another enemy or run or do like anything out of the ordinary, you will not get detected. And you can also enter the area like I, I can't remember if it was in Watch Dogs 1 or 2 or both. I think it was in 2. There was this, um, they introduced this part where it's like, you can see that there's like a red scanner that like checks if there's like an intruder. You know, like the usual like m movement, some, uh, for, uh, for, I, I don't know how to speak anymore. Great. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like movement detector, I guess. And like the scanner does not go off and alert the enemy when you kind of like, um, someone who has uniform access, which I think is great because it's like you do not need to jump over a fence You do not need to like hack through all of the shit, which is of course it's it's point of the main it, It's the main point of the game But at the same time, it's also I know how tiring it can be to be like oh I have to hack into like 20 different cameras I have to I don't know like find this terminal that I can open the door with or the gate and like just having to do all of that over and over again can get really tiring. So I think that it, it's it's a great aspect, but also of course it makes sense. Like you have all those characters, why would they not give you that kind of possibility? It would make you think like, why give us the opportunity to like recruit someone from an enemy party if I cannot even use them to like gain access to those areas. You know what I mean? It's it's the same as the lethal force thing. It, it just works. It works. Um, apart from that, you also got gadgets like this spider bot, which is a small... Sp I don't know if you've seen the trailer, the first trailer of... Um, I, think, I think her name was Helen. It was that old grandma who used the spider bot and she would like use it to like attack the enemy and like hack into like a building and that was really fun. You can use that, you can use drones, you can use cloaks that make you invisible so that enemy doesn't detect you. You have so many cool gadgets available and I think like Watch Dogs Legion with all its flaws, still has this huge um, variety of weapons and gadgets and like the game has so much to offer. Like I'm I'm saying this as someone who's like, I've, pl I've played the first two Watch Dogs games and 
I can tell you that when I first got the game, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this game? Like, why is this not working properly? Like, not gonna lie, when I first played the game, it crashed on me so many times. Sometimes I couldn't even like start up the game. But they were, you know, like when you when you download their when you download the patches, you can tell how hard they worked on it, and I think that's great. I think I think it's it's commendable that you can see that they put a lot of effort into it. I also um, one like a few other points that I liked or, or like are the fact that. Um, if you encounter an enemy and you like knock them out, just just a heads up in in Watch Dogs Legion, the NPCs or well any character really can have their own opinion on DeadSec. Usually it's not good because you know they got framed for blowing up the House of Parliament. But usually it's like as an example, you got a Clan Kelly member, right? And you knock them out, then like. You, you you finish your mission and you um, run away and you're done. At some point, that enemy might actually end up um, as a, like a legit Detsec hater. Like it says, um, hate Detsec because every single NPC has their own profile. They might actually end up kidnapping one of your operators. I think specific, specifically the one that knocked them out. But you might have to rescue your operators like those kinds of those kind of um things are like i i i get that they work of course for some people it might go, they might go like what the hell is like what the hell is going on why can't why can I not use this character anymore because they got kidnapped? Like all you really do is like, if that happens, you just go out and rescue them. That's it. And like to give the NPCs like their own kind of motivation for something like that, I think is great because it also gives you a bit more diversity because I'm gonna be real with you. A lot of the characters do kind of look the same, but um, that's because you know they're just like in GTA. You got all those random, you got all those random civilians that um, look the same. But in in Watch Dogs Legion, it's, they don't always look the exact same. They do kind of look similar sometimes, but at the same time, they can still have such different profiles, which is, in my opinion, really great. Also something that they recently added as of today um were the was the option to customize the characters and i'm i'm not saying fashion wise fashion wise is like something that you could do from the very beginning you could have um different uh, masks oh by the way masks are like one of the main aspects as well of watch Dogs legion um masks are basically used to like you know disguise the characters but it's also it also gives you more of an organization kind of vibe. Watch Dogs 1 didn't have that. I think Watch Dogs 2... I might forget. I think they started with that in Watch Dogs 2, especially with Wrench. Um, Watch Dogs Legion like, lets you choose masks and you can also unlock them and all that kind of stuff. I just love the idea of that kind of like giving them kind of this... I'm also gonna call it like tribal and kind of or like hidden agenda kind of vibe. I don't know. But like either way, I think that... I, I was gonna say... um. They recently added the option to have the characters change their hair, their hair color, makeup, beard, and all those kind of things. And what I also love is that they gave the characters all of those customization options are like gender, gender neutral. 
So like, you can give any character any hairdo, you can give them any kind of clothes, anything. I love that. I think it's 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 honestly um, really great and I think it also shows that they are not afraid of showing a sense of pro progressiveness? Progress? I don't know. I don't know the right term, but like, you get what I mean. And because you know a lot of a lot of games, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into this too deeply, just so you know. But like I think that it's great that they do not stick to um, heteronormativity and to like the gender binary system, whatever. Um, I think it's great. And also one thing I do want to mention is that even though the game has a multiplayer mode, I have not tried that because I have the game on my PS4 and I currently do not really have the funds for PlayStation Plus, so I apologize for that. I am, however, hoping to try that out in the future. I think I've heard good things about that. I can say that for sure. I can guarantee that it's true. However, I think that they probably found a way to make it really work. If they have not, um, I guess that's unfortunate. But like, like, yeah, honestly, to to conclude this part of the episode, I think that Watch Dogs Legion. This is this is not me bashing anyone. Just so you know, I'm I'm not someone who's like, oh, this game sucks. <laughs> no, I'm trying to get, be constructive here. I'm trying to give like good criticism because I think that in order for like to work out games and make them better, I think that criticism needs to be a thing. With Watch Dogs Legion, playing the first two games, I felt like with Watch Dogs 1 and 2, of course Watch Dogs 1 was a bit like, I do remember it being like a bit like getting criticized for um, seemingly being a bit different than it was in the end, but what it, for me it worked. Number 2 was also like, Watch Dogs 2 was in my opinion a huge improvement over 1, but that's, you know, that's another story for another day. With Watch Dogs Legion, Watch Dogs Legion kind of felt to me like, kind of felt like they were like, look, it's a Watch Dogs game, be excited for this. And they relied on the Watch Dogs name, like showed you like the versatility of the game, the diversity, by putting the good old adorable grandma into the main trailer that was first shown. Of course, who wouldn't love that? But like, when it came out, it got bashed by critiques. On one hand, I get it, because if you are that excited for for a game after watching that kind of trailer, I think you do have a reason to be excited and then be let down um, by, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna say it, by the um, performance mess Watch Dogs Legion was. However, do I think that people should give the game a chance after those months? Absolutely, because now um, they keep, con they keep um, updating the game you can see that they are putting effort into fixing the issues. They are bringing out new content um, that's, in my opinion, great. Also, like some new updates just give you a lot more features, which at first you might well, you might have been like, oh man, I wish they would have done this in a game on like missed opportunity and they make up for it. Overall, do I recommend Watch Dogs Legion? I say yes. I think that people should at least 
give it a try. If you have a friend and they have it and they say, you know, it sucks, and just just um just form your own opinion on the game because I remember when it first came out and I read all those reviews and they were like oh you know this game is bad this game is awful blah 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 I was like I'm always pretty much I'm always like oh, let me try this game myself and then I'll decide um has that let me down sometimes it has yes I'm not going to lie but I also have this special place for watchdogs in my heart and. I kind of have been like, even with the bad performance that the game had at release, they gradually improved the game so much. Like there, there's so many errors that they fix and they're still fixing stuff. They're still like working on actually making the game better. Unlike some other games that came out not so long ago, I'm not going to say anything, but like there is a certain game that both Bish and I really liked and the latest entry was really bad. I'm not going to say which one it was, but I think you might get the idea. Finally, I think that they are treating it way better than so many other teams have treated their game in the past, and I think that's really great. I think it's important to do that. I think it's important to support your game and treat it better um and like the service that that you can um providing a service for the fandom and the players to show them look guys we're still giving our best to like improve the game fix issues balance the performance all of that and i think that they still do this every single time with every single patch that they bring out for Watch Dogs Legion, I think it's it's honestly really good. But yeah, in conclusion, I as a final um, statement, I will say that at first, yeah, it was a mess, but I like the game. That's all I really have to say. Does it get close to Watch Dogs 1 and 2? That's arguable. And I will not give you a definite response to that question. Um, I do ask of contemplate getting the game or playing it. I would honestly, I would recommend giving it a try. It's not the best game in the world. Like, I'm not gonna say it is because it has still a bunch of issues, but I'm not gonna say that it's like the most terrible game in the world because in the end it's not can you can see that they're they put a lot of love into it as well so i'm i'm going to say yes i would recommend this game still just next time with watch dogs i hope that they learn from the mistakes they made with legion anyways thank you guys for listening to me rabble about this game thank you guys and see you next time bye watch dogs legion is available now on pc ps4 ps5 xbox one and google stadia i would like to thank ubisoft for the code and giving me the opportunity to play this game thank you very much i love you good night